0: Life Audio.
1: Just ahead on Encouragement for You, Dr. Erwin Lutzer on his book, We Will Not Be Silenced, and therapist Brad Fairchild talks about the troubles of life.
0: Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast. Brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Our Christian faith has been under increasing attack. In this segment of Encouragement for You, pastor and author Dr. Erwin Lutzer discusses his book, We Will Not Be Silenced, with host Don Hawkins.
1: Dr. Erwin Lutzer is pastor emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago, where he served as senior pastor for 36 years. He's an award-winning author of numerous books, speaks on three nationwide radio broadcasts. And Irwin and Rebecca have three grown children, eight grandchildren.
2: So glad to be with you again, Don, and thank you so much for your ministry.
1: Now, we're talking about the book, We Will Not Be Silenced. And uh, years ago, my mentor, Dr. Alden Gannett, defined the status quo as Latin for the mess we're in. Uh, How did we get into the situation in, in this country where there's so much woke taking place?
2: several cultural streams. You know, in my book, I point out that uh, cultural Marxism says that we can capture the culture and we can make it Marxist without a revolution like happened in China and in Russia. And we can do it by taking one institution at a time. Mm. It's called the march through the institution. So you have that stream which, of course, influences our view of race. It influences our view of freedom of religion and uh, the lack of freedom of religion. All of that is one of the streams in our culture. Another thing that you have is, of course, you know, the feminist movement, which had many positive aspects to it, but the whole business of sexuality, which has come through as a result of the fact that through philosophers and others, The whole exaltation of the self, so I'm the one that is in charge of who I am, that's why I can be a man or a woman, I get to choose. The exaltation of the self has blotted out all rationality, it's a prescription for ultimate failure, and it's of course anti-science, anti-biology,
1: Urban, in the book of Jude, we're told to earnestly contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. And in your book, you seem to be presenting a challenge to believers to obey those words, and it seems to me that not everybody is into doing that kind of thing today.
2: Yes, and you know, there are those who perhaps preach the gospel. Let's talk about three different kinds of churches. There are those that are complicit They give the culture whatever the culture wants. There are those that are complacent. They may preach the gospel, but they do not involve themselves in the nitty-gritty of what's happening in our culture. And then there are those that are courageous. Now, of course, when Jude was writing that, he was talking about the gospel and the fact that it should be defended. But it has to be defended in different ways. I know that we're not on the topic right now, but I think it's the responsibility of the church, however, to teach the congregation to how to live out the gospel in their particular sphere of influence at the job and so forth.
1: It seems like uh, diversity and tolerance, which used to have some very positive meanings, have been redefined in our day.
2: Yeah, let's take the word tolerance, for example. The word tolerance used to mean social tolerance, where you put up with other people's views. And you may disagree with them, but you allow them to express their views. But today, tolerance means you have no right to say what you are saying because I don't perceive it to be tolerant. Hmm. So as a result of that, I was just thinking about this the other day, Don. We applaud countries like Iran when people rise up and they have demonstrations What are they demonstrating for? They're demonstrating for freedom. America is the only country in the world that I know of where we have demonstrations in favor of censorship. Mm. All that you have to do is go to a university as a conservative or as a Christian, and you'll soon see what happens. So it's very interesting that the word tolerance, as you mentioned, which had a very good meaning, has been turned on its head. Now, in terms of diversity, wow, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm. That actually works against us because what it does is it um, causes us to see one another in oppositional terms so that we no longer see ourselves as unified. And, of course, I talked about Marxism earlier. What you have is the whole idea— that the race, the human race, should be divided into the oppressed and into the oppressors. And of course, we know that that oppression is going on, but this is done in relation to skin color. And when you do that, and Martin Luther King was opposed to that, he said we should judge one another not by the color of our skin, but rather by the content of our character. Yes. When you don't take that as your mantra, what you end up is all of this shouting back and forth, the blaming and the shaming.
1: What do you think Dr. King would think about the kind of thing that's going on in the name of tolerance and diversity today?
2: Well, I think he would oppose it, because the whole point of his movement was don't judge one another on the color of your skin. Right. And today that's exactly what we are doing. And what we find is, by the way, Christianity has the answer, and people don't realize that. You know, the Bible says in Colossians 3.11, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond or free, Scythian, barbarian, but Christ is all and in all. Mm. Well, Jews didn't become Greeks. Barbarians didn't become Scythians. They maintained their ethnicity, but there was a transcendent unity that was brought about by Christ. You know, years ago... We work toward racial reconciliation. And we are making a lot of progress, progress here in downtown Chicago and elsewhere. And then critical race theory came apart, and it's torn everything apart. And um, critical race theory keeps tearing apart what Jesus died to bring together. And so we are more divided than ever all the blaming, all the shaming, and that's where we are as a nation.
1: So the bottom line is, uh, all of these issues are a part of something called woke. And uh, I believe you give us a good definition of that, but it's a term we hear a lot, and I think it would help us if you could nail down the definition.
2: You know, I think when the term began five or six years ago, it had the idea that it meant that you were understanding the intersection of Christianity and culture and economics, and so it had a somewhat narrower definition. But today, the word woke basically is a synonym for the radical left. So if you're talking about wokeness, you're talking about, you know, diversity and inclusion, where people are promoted not on the basis of their competence, but rather uh, whether or not they are fully in line with the um, woke culture. There, I'm using the word. And so what you have is, it is really a catch-all now for the radical left agenda that we see happening before us every single day.
1: Now, a lot of this is political, uh, but Erwin, I believe underlying this is a very uh, different kind of battle at all. And I know you talk about this as well, the spiritual component.
2: I love to talk about this. Can I, first of all, Don, comment on whether or not Christians should be involved in politics and so forth. Oh, I
1: think that'd be a great comment. I'm we, <laughs> You and I are both assuming that Christians should be involved in politics, but I have a feeling we may have some listeners who perhaps have not crossed that bridge, so please address that.
2: You know, the simple fact is this, that um, it's not possible to live in this world without being political, because today everything is politicized. As a pastor, I have never endorsed a political candidate or a political party. But of course, I preached on issues which are deemed political. Abortion is political. Transgenderism is political. So how can we say to ourselves, we should never touch anything that is deemed political? Politics is not ultimately important, but it is very important And if there are still some people listening out there today, Don, who say, well, I don't believe that politics is important, only the gospel is important, I want to ask them a question. If you were given the option, would you like to live in North Korea or South Korea? Hmm. North Korea, of course, being very repressive and killing Christians and all. After all, you should be glad to choose either because politics isn't very important. Politics is important, but of course the gospel is ultimately important. And um, now I want to comment on the other point that you made, that behind what we see happening today is actually a spiritual battle, and it is. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. What people don't realize is that basically these differences that we've been talking about the things that polarize this nation and whether or not you have, you know, abortion and you have uh, babies being born alive and the question whether or not they should be kept alive or whether or not they can be killed. Hmm. People don't understand that underlying all this is theology. Once we leave God behind and we have no creator and we're free to create ourselves and become whatever we want to be, we have no lodestar, we have no, nothing to guide us except our own desires and our own immediate feelings. That's why we are in such trouble. That's why so often today you find young people drifting off, of course, into the woke culture, because the woke culture says that I can be my own God, I'm answerable to no one except myself. Now, think about that. If you're lost in a city and you have a compass, you know which direction is north and you can figure out the other directions from there. But let's suppose you have a compass, but you have a magnet in your backpack. Hmm. So your compass points only at you. Wow. You have no idea if you're going in circles. You have no idea whether you're going east-west. You have no reference point. And that describes today's generation.
1: You know, whenever we deal with these issues, uh, invariably there are people who have pain and hurt, and and, and that's certainly an appropriate thing for us to, uh, to address in this context.
2: Well, exactly. And what people need is help to make it all the way to the finish line. And sometimes we stumble along the way, sometimes we forget which direction we're running, and so... What we do is we pause and we connect with people. I've often been reminded of the tremendous power of God in the life of a woman in John chapter 4. Yes. When Jesus speaks with one woman who'd had a series of bad marriages and was now living with a sixth man without marriage, having messed up her life, and maybe it's not that she messed it up, others might have messed it up for her, But Jesus spent time with her, and that was time that was well spent. She goes back, she tells the villagers, here's a man who told me everything I ever did, and they knew what she had done. And they said, if that's the kind of man this must be, he must be the Messiah, and they believed. So in the midst of our busy world where we're talking about the big ideas of our culture, let's never lose sight of the fact that there are hurting people out there who need our prayers, our love, and our encouragement.
0: We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the theworshipchannel.org. From his years of experience as a Christian therapist, Brad Fairchild talks with host Don Hawkins about how to deal with life's troubles.
1: Brad, some of those responses when trouble comes. Talk about them.
3: Okay, do you run? Uh, So many people want to just run away from their problems, and that can take different forms for different people, uh, internalizing, um, literally just, you know, taking off, just kind of disappearing out of the family, disappearing from your scene. And, and I'm not talking about extreme cases where people just leave and, and drive off somewhere. Although that, that <laughs> could be that too, you know, it some can drive do. people yeah. to that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oftentimes running is very subtle, but reality is, as people are running, people, uh, move, people change their jobs, people do all kinds of things. Oftentimes the underlying issue is they're running. From something uh, something that's haunting them from their past, present pain, uh, current crisis that they're going through. So asking yourself, do I have a tendency uh, to run? And if I do, then what do I want to do about that? And what can I one of the things we talk a lot about in counseling Don is, is replacing an unhealthy behavior with a healthy behavior. So I can modify that and say, "You know what I'm going to run to God. I'm going to stop running from my problems, and I'm going to turn around and, and face it with,
1: yeah.
3: with God's strength, with help from the Lord.
1: What a great alternative. And Jesus invites us in Matthew eleven twenty eight Come to me, all you who labor, who are loaded down, heavily laden, and I will give you rest. And so we can run to him instead of running away from our problems.
3: Another one is do we fight? Well some hmm. people are just fighters, man. I mean, yeah. just look at them and they're ready to fight you, you know Ship on
1: their shoulder, yeah,
3: A <laughs> yeah. problem comes and they're fighting everybody they know, you know arguing with their spouse and you know, maybe physically fighting mm-hmm. arguing with their bosses, coworkers, just do we fight? another one is blame and blame, oh, Don, hmm. and I know you know and oh, you've been yes. in ministry a long time, but blame is so. Incredibly toxic and incredibly damaging. We can be in an attitude of blame towards people, again, this is kind of a theme in my thinking, and not even be aware that we're blaming. We may not say, it's your fault, but we may imply that it's your fault. We're having these problems because you've done such and such. Uh, If you wouldn't act such and such a way, then I wouldn't feel the way I feel. Mm. Uh, So there's real subtle ways of blaming those around us uh does just a tremendous amount of damage there's a ton of literature uh on blame because it's a hot topic a big topic yeah but that's also there's encouraging that there's a lot of resources in dealing with if you find yourself in in, in a tendency to blame you really want to deal with that and and, it, and if I've got time I want to talk about the first blame statement
1: yeah go ahead and talk in about history. that yeah
3: and I love this because uh You know, God created Adam and Eve, and there they are in the garden, and they they eat the fruit, and, you know, he finds the fruit, and she eats it, and, hey, this is good, have some, and he eats it. So God shows up, he looks at Adam and says, what have you done? And what does Adam do? The first blame statement was, he did two and one, it was a twofer. Two Two for one, one. yeah. The, Mm -hmm. The woman... Blaming the woman that you yeah. gave me, blaming. <laughs> but <laughs> so blames when the woman that and he... woman that you gave me, <laughs>
1: and he blames God. He blames the woman as well. And Brad, this this next response when trouble comes uh, seems to me to be very much like running, and it may cause us to run.
3: It's exactly right, and it's fear. And I think fear is such a normal uh, human response. And I look at uh, Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, mm. and the the watch. People from the Watchtower came running to him and said, "There's a massive army coming to us," and and it was they were way outnumbered. And it says, "And Jehoshaphat was greatly afraid." But then it says, "And he turned his attention yeah. to seek the Lord, proclaimed the fast, yeah. and prayed." And so, you know, if it, we're going to feel fear, that's fine. But but it's the walking in fear. It's the, what do we do with that? Do we turn to the Lord immediately, yeah. or do we get frantic and start trying to solve a problem and do all kinds yeah. of, you know, we're spinning our wheels. And yeah. it's like God's going, whoa, 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 yeah, we're going to do some problem solving, but you need to stop and mm. focus on me first. So Absolutely. getting fearful is another one.
1: Yeah, and and very similar to that, I think, uh, that uh, sort of running away from the problem uh, is your next category of response when trouble comes.
3: You bet, and that is alcohol and drug abuse. So do do you tend to drink alcohol or abuse drugs? And, you know, this is one that can be real subtle as well. I've had many clients over the years, and trouble comes, and I'll begin to ask them about their drinking, and they may be reluctant. But they'll be like, you know, yeah, I I have been drinking a lot more lately since I was like, okay, that's (laughs) potentially a problem area. Uh, so you know, if that becomes a problem for you or is a problem for you, again, we we strongly encourage you to seek help. But also, if if you just looking ahead, know that that can potentially be a problem. I think people think, oh, it won't be a problem for me. Not you know, I'll be fine. You whoa, whoa, whoa. If there's trouble in your life and you're starting to drink, and especially if you're starting to drink more, then it's like yeah, that's already becoming a problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's time <laughs> to it's recognize escape. it. It's running. Yeah, we're running away, and and it's so easy to do that. And and there are other ways to run as well. Acting out sexually is another one you've identified in your outline.
3: Right, and I look at both of those as addictive-type behaviors, and we could add, you know, we could go on and on of different addictive-type sure. behaviors. Okay. Um, but acting out sexually... Pornography um,
1: is, would certainly fit that category.
3: Definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, but looking at the whole picture of addictions, and what do you have a tendency to be drawn to, what do you have a tendency to be addicted to, and if trouble comes when trouble comes i mean when trouble comes then yes. what are you doing do you find yourself moving towards that so yep. that's another like oh i mean in a lot of this it's it's not going away without seeking help You've yeah got and, to got to, got to yeah. seek
1: help and brad the next one is an addictive behavior as well immersing yourself in business busyness becoming a workaholic
3: that's right and you know we're that's the problem of our age right now yep. we're all busy and uh and so busyness, man, and, and a lot of times, you know, it can be busyness in the church, you know, oh, but I'm oh. ministering, I'm doing this, you yes, right. know, and, and people, God. people burn themselves out yeah. serving God, and it's the Martha Mary thing, where yeah. Martha's mm-hmm. just working, working, and she's all frantic, and she's upset because mm-hmm. not everybody's carrying the load and helping yeah. enough, and... God's going, no, no, she's just like, whoa, 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 Martha, Martha, yeah. Martha, settle down. <laughs> yeah, you're troubled and me. anxious
1: about many things, but you've neglected the one thing that really matters.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us.
1: Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
0: Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You.